Good day, my boring business family. This has been an episode that is a long time in the making. If you have a weakness in social media, anyway, if I had a social weakness at all, it would be with Twitter. It is a beast of a social network all on its own. So knowing how to use it to get the most bang for your buck and your time can be really tricky. So today I'm talking with Chris Strapp. He is an author, a nonprofit advocate, international speaker, and Twitter junkie. He's going to share with us what we can be doing with Twitter to help your boring business stand out in that cluttered newsfeed. Stay tuned. It is time for the Marketing for Your Boring Business podcast and Facebook live show. Welcome to Marketing for Your Boring Business presented by All-in-One Social Media, where marketing professionals and industry leaders discuss what you can do to have your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. Join us each week to learn more about social media, online marketing, trending topics, and tips to grow your online marketing efforts. Now, here's your host, Desiree Martinez. Welcome to the Marketing for Your Boring Business live show and podcast. I am your host, Desiree, and we are here to help your message get seen in that cluttered newsfeed. We are live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. We are doing the show a day early because I have the honor of speaking at the Digital Summit in Salt Lake City on Wednesday. I'm going to be traveling during our normal airing time. But if you are watching this live on Facebook, please, I want you to type boring into the comment section now so that you can subscribe to our show. And hey, if you are watching the replay over on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you hit that big old subscribe button now so you don't miss an episode that will come out to you every single week. On today's show, we have Chris Straub talking about how your boring business can use Twitter to be a part of your online marketing strategy. But before we dive in, I really want to thank everyone that has come on and joined us live and on the replay. Please make sure you ask any questions in the chat and we'll make sure to answer them whether it's live on our show or afterwards. So let me tell you a little bit about Chris. Chris is a traveling mobile storyteller with a passion for working with nonprofit organizations. As the give day guy, Chris drives measurable incre- drives measurable increasing in online donations by hosting and producing live stream video content. His live-streamed cross-country road trip in 2015 is is the focus of his book and film, 50 States, 100 Days. Chris has worked with Humana, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, and Live.me, and served as 2017 National Red Kettle Ambassador for the Salvation Army. It is so awesome to have you on the show today, Chris. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Desiree, I was following your instructions. I was just hitting the share button here on my phone. So I'm sorry I was peeking down. I was <laughs> I was being a cliche social media marketer and expressing my gratitude here. So sharing oh, it out on my no. own Facebook you, page. Oh, you know what, Chris? Go ahead. Just take your time. Share away. No worries. In the meantime, right, why don't you tell us Twitter. about... Oh, yeah. In the meantime, why don't you tell us about uh, Twitter? Why why Twitter? What is it that made you decide that Twitter was going to be your main avenue for building relationships and marketing yourself? Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. And uh, I do wish I do wish our boy Ben Roberts was here, but it's okay. They don't do business out in Wales on Mondays. I, I understand. <laughs> um, so shout, out, shout, out, shout out to Ben there. Um, 
I love Twitter um, because I love the idea of meeting and connecting with new people. My business as a traveling speaker and a storyteller, uh, again, you mentioned 50 States, 100 Days, the book. Um, it's all about connecting with new people in, in different ways. You know, and I don't exclusively focus on Twitter. I think that Twitter is a part of a successful, broader social media strategy. So, uh, of course, you should have a Facebook page. Of course, you should be on Instagram. Uh, and, of course, you should be on YouTube. And all of these different pieces, I think, play well together. Um, but Twitter, to me, is a great way to meet new people, to connect with new people and bring them into those next levels of your content, whether it's on Facebook or on YouTube or on your Instagram stories and so on and so forth, especially at conferences. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to dive deep into all of that stuff in just one quick second because there's there's so much, there's so many questions. Like I said, guys, this is like probably like 50 episodes in the making. I've been dying to find the right person to talk about Twitter to you guys, and Chris is totally, totally that guy. So we're going to dive into this in just one quick second. But first, we got to show a little bit of love for our awesome, awesome sponsors for our show, Sendable. Today on the show, we are talking about Twitter, obviously, and there are so many different amazing things that are happening over on Twitter. It can kind of be a lot to take in and, and keep track of. You need to be tracking hashtags, being a part of the conversation, becoming a mayor in your community. It can be really overwhelming, and that is how Sendable is going to be the solution to help take away that stress for you. Sendable will allow you to not only schedule your tweets to build your ongoing presence, but you can also do things like track hashtags, reply to comments, get reporting, and so much more. You can also use Sendable to manage all of your social networks to make planning and managing your content so much easier. This is the official social media management software of the all-in-one social media team. It is tested. We have tested a ton, a ton of softwares over like the nine years I've been doing this. And I always come back to Sendable because it is the easiest tool and is the most comprehensive tool on the market, in my opinion. So make sure you'll get the link in the description to do your 30-day free trial. Unfortunately, like we mentioned earlier, our super wonderful buzzword pro, Ben Roberts, is not able to make it with us today. So we're going to bring Chris back on and we're going to dive more into how you should be using Twitter for your boring business. But hey, real quick, guys, if you are catching this on the replay or on Facebook or whatever it may be, type boring into the comment section now so that you can subscribe to the show so you don't miss any more great things to help your message get seen in that cluttered newsfeed. All right, let's do this, Chris. Bring you on wherever you are. There you are. <laughs> Go here. Yeah. Sorry, a little bit of an interface issues. Okay, so how have you been using Twitter to grow your business? Talk us through that part first, then we'll dive into some more details. Yeah, so I spend a ton of time on Twitter. I spend more time on Twitter than any other social media network. And that comes as a surprise to a lot of people um, because, as you mentioned, a lot of people do say, oh, Twitter's dead. And in fact, when you look at the statistics, Twitter is comparatively small when you look at the, the, the worldwide audiences on Facebook and even Instagram some of these other platforms. Uh, yes, bark, bark, indeed. So it's... Um, <laughs> Guys, you know, for, a home mom problems when you have dogs. I'm sorry, this happens. <laughs> Desiree sends an email before the show that's like, make sure there's no noises around you. I, so. I, I wish I could. <laughs> we got a new puppy. Like if you've been following the show for a couple episodes, like I've got a new puppy. And just gotcha. like he... 
He always likes to bark during the show and sleep literally the rest of the time. <laughs> so much puppy love. My dad actually just got two new dogs last week. So he's been dealing with the three dogs back at home on Long Island. But Desiree, I think, I think to get back to what I was saying, I use Twitter mostly as a conversation tool, right? That I'm, I'm basically sustaining and maintaining conversations and strategic conversations with people in my niche, in my industry, um, whether that's event organizers or supporters of the book or people with questions about live video. Um, I use Twitter mostly as a, as a platform to communicate and drive conversations. And I think that is really the ultimate key to, as you've been saying in the introduction, to have your content seen in the newsfeed on Twitter. Um, conversations are really at the heart of where you need to start with that strategy. Very cool. So what are you, so what is your Twitter strategy? Like, because obviously I am a big advocate that you need to use every platform individually. Like you need to make sure that you have a Facebook strategy, you have Instagram strategy, you have a YouTube strategy. What do you think is a good base strategy for getting started on Twitter? Well, you know, you mentioned a tool like Sendable, um, and there are other tools out there in the, the social media space that I will not mention on the show. Um, but there are definitely a lot of ways that you can schedule out content on Twitter, right? So you can take a look at your analytics and you can look at the sort of things like uh, when your audience is most active. You can dive into the analytics, uh, even just on Twitter's uh, native twitter.com. There's a lot of analytics available uh, that will tell you who your audience is, what their age group is, what their income level is. So you can, you can create content and, and foster and, and shape that um, the same way you would look at your analytics on other platforms and create content that speaks directly to your audience. But I think the, the key really is, again, what I just said, which is speaking directly to your audience. Desiree, when I started on Twitter back in 2010, 2011, um, I was kind of against the idea of mentioning other people in my tweets. I know that sounds really stodgy and really kind of backwards right now. Like, why would I, why would I just talk to other people? Now, I, I, it's hard to find any tweet where I'm not at mentioning somebody else to initiate that conversation. And being on that granular level, initiating conversations and showing your audience that you want to engage in those conversations, that's what encourages people to want to engage with you. And I'm sure every episode of the show, we're talking about the value of engagement, the value of driving conversations with your audience. There's no better place to do that on Twitter than on Twitter. Why? Because these conversations are happening publicly, right? So when we tweet to each other, uh, you, the rest of our audiences are going to see that interaction taking place. Now, if I send you a message on Facebook Messenger or if I send you a message on Instagram DM, that's just as effective, right? We can still have a conversation, but now we can take that conversation public. And there's countless examples of how brands have been able to interact with their customers, interact with their audiences, and then the other customers, the other people will see, oh yeah, this brand is here to want to have conversations with us. Let's jump in and also have a conversation with them, which of course keeps them top of mind and, and drives that attention into the top of your funnel. So you said something really interesting there. You talked about like how like we have like private messages, like slide into my DMs, you know, for Instagram and Facebook, but everything really happens very publicly on Twitter. And I think that goes into something very interesting where we, especially as marketers and the, but the also with our boring businesses, they're very strategic about what we're posting. It's kind of like this balance of like not being like there too much, like posting too many times on Facebook and Instagram and making sure it's all like really visually appealing, all of these different things. So with Twitter, Twitter, you go nuts, like just talk. Yeah. 
say all of the things, share all of this stuff. I mean, stay true to your brand for sure, but definitely just like be there. And, and it's, and, and this subject to expand, so it's going to lead to my next question. How can you find consistency with being on Twitter? I find for me, like straight up, Twitter, my weakest social network. I, I'm on LinkedIn more than I am on Twitter. And so um, I have a hard time either, but I get spurts of it. Like I'll use it more frequently when like maybe I'm having a problem or, and I definitely like I own, whenever I have a customer service issue, I always go straight to Twitter. But I also go there a lot when it comes to events and stuff. So for, when you're not using it for like those sort of aggressive tactics you think we'll talk about in a little bit, how do you recommend figuring out a good way to be consistent on Twitter? Because Twitter is just like always happening. Boy, there's a lot to unpack in that question. So yeah, let me dive into a couple, different, right, sorry, we'll a couple different things that you mentioned there. So so a lot of people, so you're not alone, uh, Desiree, and you're not alone, viewers of this, uh, this, this live stream and listeners of this podcast. A lot of people tell me, oh, that Twitter is my, my weak link so to speak in my social media strategy. And I don't, I don't think of, um, I, I wouldn't even necessarily think of Twitter the same way as I would these other platforms. I think of it much less as a content marketing sort of platform, you know, whereas, okay, if we, if you brought me on to speak about Instagram stories, I could tell you all about establishing a, a pattern and a strategy of here's what you want to create on a regular basis and so on and so forth. Same thing with like live video on Facebook or on YouTube, right? That you want to be consistent with what you're creating and you're sort of feeding content to your audience on a regular basis. On Twitter, it's different. You know, we can talk all day about the lifespan of a piece of content on social media. And again, on Facebook, it's a few hours. On Instagram, again, it's about a day. Uh, again, the stories are going to last for 24 hours. On Twitter, your tweets are going to last a lot shorter than that, right? The average lifespan of a tweet is much less than an hour. And so it's really, really important when you're establishing a, a strategy on Twitter to commit to being part of the conversations that are already taking place. So I would, I would instead of saying, okay, our content strategy for our boring business, right? And that's a, it's especially a great way to parlay into that is Nobody really wants to talk about your boring business, but they want to talk about what's happening in their community at this time. And that can be your physical community. Like if you're based, you know, in Colorado, you're based in San Diego, you're based in Houston, you can set your local trends and you can look at events and you can build out a calendar and say, you know what? I know people are going to be talking about the Astros game when it, when it, you know, first pitch is thrown on April 6th, or I know people are going to be talking about the, the, uh, the Broncos or whatever it might be that your boring business, so to speak, that nobody wants to pay attention to because it's boring. You have just as much of a voice in that ongoing conversation as anybody else. And so when I think about it from a destination mentality, I think of, okay, what can you add to the conversation that's already taking place in your community that when people say, oh man, this business or this account is a valuable contributor to what's happening right now. Now I want to go look, I want to follow them. And then you have the opportunity to, to bring them further down your funnel into, you know, sign up for my emails to learn about my uh, plumbing business or whatever it might be. So start by seeing what kind of value you can add to the existing conversations. And that's where I think we can pivot into events and stuff too, is it, that is a very natural spot where there are a lot of conversations already taking place that you can add value to and make those connections, uh, uh, in the first place. 
Okay, so I think what I'd like to do real quick is just kind of, I want to say simplify, but almost like recap what you just said there. So I think what's, so to get started with Twitter, we definitely want to establish what our community is. So is it based on location or is it based on a concept? So like for what I do with my business, it is a concept. It's social media, online marketing, video marketing, that kind of thing. But let's say like you're a, a dentist or a roofer or, you know, a brick and mortar business. That's that's where the like local physical community. So you want to be tracking those, finding those hashtags and those people specific to your geolocation versus with a concept, correct? Yeah. So you can do advanced searches on, on Twitter. So, uh, sorry, go on. But you can definitely find tweets that are happening in your local area. So yeah. you're not just searching for dentistry. Uh, you can search for people in theory talking about dentistry, but, but you wouldn't really do that because it's not like people are walking down the street typing in like, man, I love my dentist so much. Someone might, might tweet something along the lines of like, I have a toothache or man, I'm eating a lot of candy or something like that. And that's where we talk about the opportunity for guerrilla marketing on yeah. Twitter that doesn't exist. There. Right. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's how you, and then, so then how, so once you part and then, so it's basically participating in those conversations, like stepping in to contribute or reshare their content or, or re retweet their content comments about what they're doing. Uh, maybe offer a solution or just be a part of that conversation, correct? Like I, that's how you would do that. Like it's how you get seen on Twitter. Yes. And I, I, I would, I would caution you not to try and go too deep, right? Let's stick with it with the dentist um, metaphor here, right? Okay. So when we talk about your community, finding your community on Twitter, if I'm, if I'm running a dentist office, my community is not the 60 customers that I have coming in or what, I don't know how many customers a dentist office has 250 people that come into my dentist office on a regular basis. I mean, that's fine. And they can connect with you with you, but your community, I would think starting on Twitter, which again is a top of the funnel spot to be finding people, your community is going to be, let's say you're part of the chamber of commerce in Denver, right? Your community is going to be the events and stuff that are happening at the arena. It's going to be the people that are attending the Broncos games. It's going to be the people that are flying into Denver or, or whatever, right? That you need to, you, you want to try and try and take a step back from what your, especially your boring business is about. Let yeah. people come to you and let, let people find you based on the value that, that you're adding to their conversations and to the broader community-wide conversations, not based on what you're, you're talking about root canals and stuff, right? Like be, be, just be yourself and let people come to you so that, uh, again, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this in, in Thank You Economy, right? That when he was getting engaged with all these conversations early on back 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, on behalf of, uh, of, of Wine Library, He's not telling people, I sell wine, I push wine, blah, 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 blah. His, his Twitter handle might have been something like at wine library, you know, where yeah. when you're talking about, you know, you're in the conversations and people say, oh, look, this guy sells some wine. Maybe I should check him out because I trust him because he's been part of these conversations that we're part of. So again, I think about well, Twitter as they, a top like of the funnel. It's like Spot. networking, like 280 characters at a time. Like when you're at a networking event, like I had just this interesting conversation with somebody last week about at a networking event, actually, or I like went up to them because they were by themselves to talk and I was seeing some groups in there and I was like, let's go join them. And he's like, oh, it feels so weird joining, joining a conversation I wasn't invited to. But I don't, I don't think that that's the case in a networking situation. I don't think that's the case on Twitter. I think if someone is stating something or saying something or asking something on Twitter or sharing something, 
they want people to comment and engage with it, especially if it's relevant. 1000%. I agree a million percent. That is why you post things on Twitter. I've said this on stage before that if, if people wanted their thoughts just to be kept to themselves, then they would write it in a diary and keep it under their pillow. You know, if you're posting, oh, something, that. <laughs> if, if you're posting something on Twitter, yes, you're opening yourself up you know, for, uh, you know, for support and for engagement and also for criticism, right? So if someone comes back and they, they have a counterpoint or whatever, don't be afraid to engage in a discussion. Again, I tie this all back to the idea of marketing boring businesses that remember most people won't want to join in a conversation that is about your business, right? If, if I run an HVAC company, I shouldn't be spending most of my time planning content, at least on Twitter about HVAC services right? Like you can, you can schedule that stuff out here and there, like tweet, maybe even once a day is probably good enough, but I would look at your, your engagement, your own personal engagement levels. And there's tools to be able to do that where you can look and see what is your reply percentage? How, how much time are you really investing in the community? How much time are you really spending listening to what's happening out there? And then let those people that you're engaging with come to you when they need you. No, that's, that seriously, like I want to, I want to restate, restate this. When you are posting things on Twitter, they want you to engage with them. If they wanted to keep it to themselves, they would write it in a private diary. Chris Strub, thought bomb for the day. Like seriously, guys, that is huge. Yeah, like people used to always get up in my business about Twitter and be like, I don't want, I don't care about people's bagels or, or what coffee they're drinking, or whatever. It's like you know what. You might not care about that, but there are a lot of other people that do care. And you read it, so you've engaged with that content. So just just say something like, was it good? Where did you go? Would you recommend this place? Ooh, I was just thinking about getting a bagel. Like they're fine, like I'm not saying like go like that detailed, but I think that it's hugely, I think that there's a lot of just like thought constipation around that <laughs> thought constipation. I've, that's a new one to me. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think uh, Desiree, you raise a very valid point, right? That most people won't care that you're eating a bagel or that you're, 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 uh, again, I'm, I'm still hungry. I have like a quick lunch, like getting a donut or something like that. Right. So think about how you can initiate conversations that are actually meaningful to people. And again, think about the community that you're based in. Again, it's not necessarily your community of customers. It's not necessarily the people that come in uh, and you're, you're offering to you know, lay concrete for them or whatever it is. Think about who your prospective customers are and what communities they're spending time in and then jump into those conversations. That is where you're gonna earn sort of your, your social capital. And I love again, how you emphasize the importance of showing up in the algorithms. You know how you show up in people's algorithms? You engage in conversations with them and then Twitter knows that your content is considered valuable to that person the next time that you tweet something. It's yeah. a careful, it's a constant balance, but you have to be part of the conversation first to be able to get into what they're talking about. Absolutely, guys. Just ugh. If I had an applause, an applause button, that's what would be happening right now. So good. All right, guys. If you are just joining us for like catching in the replay midstream, I'm talking with Chris Straub today about what you need to know about using Twitter to help your boring business stand out in that cluttered newsfeed. 
If you guys are watching this on the replay or live on Facebook, please type boring into the comment section now so you can subscribe to this show so you don't miss an episode that we do every single week to help your business stand out in the clutter newsfeed with different marketing options and from the boring business owners themselves. And hey, if you're watching this on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you also subscribe so that you get our new episode every single week. All right, Chris, so what is it that you think Twitter can do that other social media platforms don't do? Like why, like we all know about why Facebook's so great, Instagram's so great, and YouTube is so great. Why do you think it is about Twitter that is so great over the other platforms? You know, Desiree, we, we both uh, speak and appear at a lot of different conferences. And, um, you know, the, the constant emphasis, you know, in the social media industry is, is typically uh, data. I want to make data-based decisions. I want to be able to identify who my influencers are. I want to be able to see which of what, what parts of my content are driving conversations and what isn't. Um, what's really special to me about Twitter is that the data that's out there, because it all lives so publicly, it's really a lot easier to digest and to look at the data and make decisions that are based on data, especially when it comes to um, looking at uh, tweets over a long period of time, or really especially when it comes to seeing who the influencers are within a specific conversation. So there's all kinds of tools out there that you can use to look at, uh, again, um, you know, something like Social Media Marketing World, where I'll be out uh, there in, in San Diego. I'll see you there, yes? Yeah, yep, I'll be there. Okay, so we'll both be there at you know at Social Media Marketing World, and you'll see up on the big boards, you know, you know before the keynotes and and walking around the hallways and stuff like who are the biggest influencers at Social Media Marketing World, and they're not pulling up Facebook data, they're not pulling up uh, Instagram data, they're certainly not pulling up Snapchat data, they're showing you data about tweets. Who is tweeting about our event? Who is tweeting about what's happening here? Who is driving conversations on Twitter? So. When people tell me like, oh, well, Twitter's dead and we don't spend much time on Twitter, we're not getting an ROI out of Twitter. Well, I can show you demonstrably the impact that these tweets are having, how many people clicked, who's using these hashtags, who's driving these conversations on Twitter. So it might not be the most widely used platform, but in terms of looking at um, data across, uh, you know, big data sets and, and comparing users to other users, like identifying influencers in a certain space or in a certain industry, it's, it's by far the simplest platform to be able to say, okay, we know that this person is the most influential conversation driver at this event or around this topic. So to play devil's advocate with you, I think there is something to be said, though, about the demographics of a city or your location around Twitter. I have worked with a bunch of boring businesses in small remote towns and like when you go to twitter to see what the community is like there it's literally non-existent like i'm you know doing by area seeing like you'll have like a couple hundred people maybe in a city of thousands and thousands that are there and so I think that there is something still to be said, because like, you talked about data. I think there's something to be said, like, does this platform make sense for your business? Because specifically if like you are a location driven business, like most of our boring businesses are to, to consider that when picking the platform to be on. So do you, I, I don't think that Twitter is right for everybody, but I don't think that it should be discounted by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to blow your mind. Okay, go ahead. I don't think that Twitter is right for everybody either. 
I don't think that your business, you know, so I, I want to parse the words that you just, that you just put in your, your question there, right? Yes. About spending time versus having a presence. Yes. So during the course of this stream, while you're listening to this podcast, if you, if you are a boring business and you don't have a Twitter account, before Desiree and I are done talking, you could go onto twitter.com. You could sign up your own company for Twitter. You could post one tweet, write a good bio, put up your profile picture in your header. And then what I want you to do is turn on tweet notifications. I okay. want you to turn on notifications in your settings so that when somebody sends you a tweet, you are going to get a text message or, or an email or whichever a push notification, whichever iteration of settings you like the best, do that. And now without spending any time on Twitter, but, but be, like beyond this conversation, you're going to have a Twitter strategy that allows you to, and if you're just listening, uh, here's the visual now, I'm gonna turn sideways, I'm gonna put my ear to the ground, right? You're able to listen to what your customers are saying about you when they mention you on Twitter. You don't need to plan out a content strategy, you don't need to schedule out 100 tweets a week or 100 tweets a year or whatever. You do need to be able to listen when people are trying to initiate a conversation with you. So we, Desiree, it probably makes sense for people like you and me to build out a content strategy on Twitter to be able to uh, you know, pick up new leads and, and be part of these social media conference conversations and all that sort of stuff. But if I'm running a boring business, I am absolutely going to go land grab. I'm going to make sure that I have the same, like my, my website URL is probably going to be the exact same as my Twitter handle just for the same purpose that we would we would sit on a Facebook page or we would sit on an Instagram account, right? You wanna have that space. And then in your pinned tweet, if this is the only tweet you ever write, Desiree, I want you to put this. Hey guys, it's blah, blah, blah from your XYZ boring business. I'm not here on Twitter much, but here's how you can get in touch with me and put your phone number or find me on Facebook, I respond to your Facebook messages, or whatever it is, let people know, look, I'm not on Twitter. But if you send me a tweet, I will listen, and here is how you can get in touch with me. That, I think, is all you really need to start on Twitter. And, and that's probably not what Jack wants me to say. I could, I, you know, I'm not paid by Twitter. I, you know, I love using Twitter, and I get a ton out of it, but maybe you won't. But if people are saying, Desiree, oh, I went to XYZ Plumber, and you guys, and they were awesome. You should be able to take a screenshot of that and you should be able to share it on your other channels. And if someone says XYZ Plumber has all these problems with their business and you know they were terrible, on the flip side, you need to embrace your Jay Bear. You need to be able to hug your haters. You need to be able to hear and respond to what people are saying about you. So I think that might be the new book right there, Desiree. How, how to create a Twitter strategy in one tweet a lifelong Twitter strategy in one tweet. That's amazing. Yeah, and I and I was sharing on the screen, guys, so if you're listening, like I actually have that for the all-in-one uh, social media Twitter account as well, where it's like, you know, we're not doing a lot over here, but you can go follow our leader, who's me, over on her account where it's going to be a little bit more active. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that it's almost like, I've acknowledged that this platform exists. I might do something with that later, but for now, here is the best way to connect with me where I already yeah. like, have an established thing going. And, and let me let me drive the point home here for you, Desiree. If I was an event organizer 
and I sent Desiree a tweet that said, Hey, Desiree, saw you speak at this event in, in Salt Lake City. Absolutely loved your, your, your thing. I'd love to pay you to come put on a panel or put on a presentation here in uh, Sheboygan uh, in July. Yeah. And Desiree wasn't listening to that. That becomes, you know, several thousand dollars of ROI down the drain because she wasn't listening to what people were saying to her. So it, it, I think it's a great uh, tenet to always start with listening on every social media channel, but especially on Twitter, if, if you decide that, yeah, I don't want a content strategy, at least be able to know when people are talking to you so that you can be able to respond the same way you would pick up the phone, the same way you would answer the door when somebody knocks. So we've talked a lot um, in this in this little live show rant here about events. So I would like us to maybe touch on this in this sort of more specific detail because again, Twitter at event is like where I tend to spend a lot more time, and you know even with Twitter Twitter chats as well. So let's dive into those specific sort of niches for using Twitter. Why do we want to use Twitter at an event? Because I think that's why everybody thinks that, that that's the best use case for Twitter. So for, for those uh, short timers or those who only use Twitter occasionally, we know that that's where people's attention is being spent when they're at an event, particularly a social media marketing event, right? So if you're coming to, to, to San Diego for social media marketing world, you're going to want to have your Twitter prepared because again, there is a lot of activity taking place there. We know that people are looking for uh, networking opportunities. They're looking for, oh, who wants to go to lunch? Um, or you're driving conversations around a specific speaker. So you want to come see me speak at Social Media Marketing World, 3.40 p.m. on Friday, uh, room 24AB, by the way. So hope to see you all there. Yes. Um, there's going to be discussion about the topics that I am talking about. And so you can use Twitter, not just to connect with me, but you can use Twitter to connect with the other people that are in the room that share that common interest of, you know, wanting to become uh, better at networking through Twitter. Same thing with any one of the speakers, right? Um, you know, and I could just tick them all off, but you know, when we're all sitting together in that keynote area and Mark Schaefer says something that really resonates with you, and then somebody else sitting on the other side of the room tweets out the exact same quote that Mark Schaefer just said. Now you can you can like that tweet, you can reply to it and say, you know what? You, uh, marketer from uh, Baltimore who came across the country that I've never met, you and I share a common interest in what was just said on stage. I'll meet you at the back of the room when Mark is done speaking so we can connect more and we can become a uh, network like that. So again, just by listening and by connecting with others that have that same shared interest, you have the opportunity to be able to really, again, listen to, to the conversations that are taking place at these events and jump in. And Desiree, this, this is real life too. I mean, my first real big break in the social media industry came from a gentleman named Dan Gingis. And I met Dan Gingis at the Social Shakeup 2014 in Atlanta. And we met not because like we were signed up for the same cocktail networking hour. We met, no, 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 because we were in the same room tweeting about the same panel about millennials. And we're using that the conference hashtag. And now, what, four, four or five years later, Dan and I are best friends. Uh, Dan and I work together at Humana. Dan and I are both speaking at Social Media Marketing World this month, and we have become best friends because we had a shared interest that we discovered each other first on Twitter. 
That's super amazing. And I would like to add what I like to do with Twitter with events with hashtags. I like to tweet notes. Like that's kind of like how I take my notes yeah. is I'll tweet them because you just simply add your hashtag and almost every event nowadays has a hashtag with it. Something ongoing. Like we've been talking about social media work, marketing world. It's just SMMW19. And like they just changed the last number based on what year we're in. I'm coming up to um, Digital Summit Salt Lake City. So it's DSSLC. So every event kind of has a hashtag around it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Usually it's like marketing driven things. I will almost always have a hashtag, but even bigger conferences or if like you're at a big location, like if you're like, I am in Vegas. So there's a ton of conferences and events happening here all the time. They always have a hashtag attached to them because it's just such a great way for the conference and the event itself to track the social media conversations and let alone let the attendees have a way to connect and share within that community as well. So I really like using it so that I can take notes that I can kind of like reference back to myself. But then I'm also kind of like, well, if I'm taking these notes, like rather than putting it onto like my Google Keep or whatever, let me share it on Twitter. That way, if maybe somebody else missed something or had to go to the bathroom or they're tweeting something else and then this new thought bomb comes up that they missed, they kind of like have access to that as well. It's almost like public note sharing. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, great point. It's something that I do as well. And, you know, I think that, uh, Desiree, it's always going to tie back to what your your personal objectives and your goals at an event are, right? Yeah. I know a lot of people go to events to network with other people. So you might say, oh, well, there's not a ton of people using Twitter. Yeah, but let's say you go to an event with 400 people and there's seven people tweeting, then maybe those are the seven people that you're going to want to connect with, right? Yeah. That, you don't it, need to connect with everybody, just the right people. Yeah, there's no way to connect with everybody. But if no. you can connect, if you notice that these, you know, seven or eight people are there with you, you say, you like tweeting? I like tweeting too. Let's go have lunch together. And all of a sudden, and, you tweet, built, about <laughs> you, and, and tweet about it, right? <laughs> now, all of a sudden, you've built that bond. But I'm going to add another layer to this, Desiree, that uh, because most of these conferences do have a hashtag, if you are that power tweeter, if you are taking steps like Desiree to take notes and to offer additional value to the speakers and stuff like that, now I challenge you after the event is over to look at the analytics from that hashtag and go back to the, the organizer of the event and say, look, my name is Desiree. I was, I was just an attendee at the event, but I was the number one influencer on Twitter based on this data. And you can show it to them. You have measurable data. It's not just a screenshot of like, hey, look, I took a picture and I posted this on my Facebook page. No, no, no. You can, sh you can show the impressions. You can show the engagements. You can show the retweets. And you say, would you like me to, would you like to bring me to your conference next year to speak about how I, I tweeted at the conference? Or uh, I can explain to other people how to use Twitter to connect with others. Or, hey, do you want me to come speak about my business next year? Because I've proven to you that I am an influencer at this event. Or you could even just ask them like, hey, would you like me to be like your your Twitter DJ for this event? Like going to different things. Like I know a bunch of different people that have done this kind of thing. Like Kristen, for example, when she was doing, when you guys all did the social media road trip, she was just like tweeting her thumbs up. She literally had to put up a tweet, like, guys, my thumbs hurt. I'm taking a break. <laughs> when we were at Social Media Day Denver. So like, I think that that is a great, great idea for sure. Definitely like, 
do the time, put in, engage, interact, get your tweets like retweeted and stuff. You know, I always love when I put like with my presentations, I literally will mark my slides. This is like, take a picture of this because it's like, you know, I want you to remember it and I want you to share this. So like being able to like tweet those, those presentations, all that stuff. Yeah. But I, to like pre to precursor using Twitter at an event, you should be using Twitter before the event to like be building a pipe, find your people, make a plan. I know a lot of people will use Twitter lists, which is kind of like a, a more advanced way to use Twitter, but they'll create a list for a specific event with everybody that like has that hashtag in their name or is using it to kind of collect those people to, to have a conversation with them. Yeah, I think there's multiple dimensions around which Twitter can work well. You mentioned the, the stretching the time frame uh, before and then after uh, the event. I'm going to give you another dimension that you can stretch out into, Ooh. which is if you are tweeting at a conference, and again, we talked about how it's okay to post more frequently on Twitter than it is, you know, on other platforms. Now, you know, whether whether you're back in the hotel room, you know, midway through the conference or after the conference is over, now you have all of this subject matter and you have all this material that you want to take off of Twitter. And you can go back, you know, you could you could use something like StreamYard to bring up your top five tweets that you saw either from yourself or from somebody else at an event and create a, a 20 minute or 30 minute recap video. You could create Ooh, that is brilliant, Chris. The, the five best tweets I saw from social media marketing world, or my five biggest lessons from you know DS Salt Lake City. Right? You can also create, um, you know, take screenshots, and now you can use those tweets as your Instagram stories content. You can use those tweets on Snapchat. You can use you those basically tweets like Facebook page. planning out your content because you guys know I love me a good content calendar. So this is a this is a great idea to help like feed your content calendar with like those facts, those tips, those digestible, scrollable pieces of content. For those of you that may be a little bit more advanced in your business, you can have like your assistant or your VA go back through your Twitter feed and say, hey, took a whole bunch of notes on Twitter, go back through and make those like social media you know, images and quotes and stuff that we can share on social. That's that. Uh, Nine years I've been doing this. I never thought to do that. <laughs> so thank you. Know, and and that's right. You know what's exciting is you know when we when we spin this back to the mark the the boring businesses out there. There's you know you don't need to be Chris Strub or Desiree to to pick up in an, on an idea like that, right? Like you, whatever business you're in, you know, again, a plumber, a dentist. You go to a dentistry conference or a plumbing conference or whatever whatever it might be. Use take a look on Twitter find some lessons that are are there from the event or create them yourself and then even write even if you're not comfortable on video write a blog post like desiree is saying right that it, so much of of what we do and and why we succeed on social media is is identifying and resurfacing that quality content and on twitter that's really where you're going to find all of the uh you're going to find all like the toys scattered on the floor <laughs> right and now you can pick up those toys and you can say like, man, this one, this one's worth, you know, 50 bucks. And this, look at this, like this one's worth like a hundred bucks, like in, in, in the garage. Right. So whatever metaphor you want to apply to this, right. Being someone who understands, appreciates, and can bring forth value to your audience will make you a, an authority in that topic. And then again, if you do it carefully, like, oh man, look at, look at Joe, the plumber is out there providing this great content. 
oh, and my sink is broken. Let me call Joe. You know, so now we're not building a content strategy that just consists of, you know, your commercial clips from over the years. Now we're creating content that is really of interest to the people in your in your industry and in your community. That is so great. And I think that is a great way to sort of wrap up our thought process for today. So Chris, what is your favorite place for people to follow you at? Oh, we can't do this whole hour without saying Twitter, right? Right. At Chris, <laughs> at Chris Strub on Twitter. Again, that is where I spend most of my time. And uh, that's where I drive most of the conversations, right? So if you want to chat with me, um, Twitter is really a great place to start. But of course, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, and, and my website is teamstrub.com. Awesome. And guys, hey, make sure you go check out his book, 50 States, 100 Ooh, Days. He's also going to be turning this into a movie. He's doing so many great things. Like if you ever just like want to make yourselves a really good just like friend, like I, I one of my favorite things about Chris's content is I'm like, I, I know I'm his friend, but like I feel like I get to be a part of his day, his life, his thoughts what he has going on through his stories and the conversations that and the relationships that he truly builds online. So if you're looking for a really great online friend that you can learn from and just love all over, you definitely want to go follow Chris over on the gram and on Twitter for sure. Oh, Desiree, that's so kind of you. And I would say all the same wonderful things about you. You know, you've, you've developed a lot of really strong, powerful friendships and everything. And that's really what it's all about. It doesn't matter which network we're talking about. It, it comes down to who you are as a brand and what you're about. And um, just really, really grateful and excited to have spent this time with you uh, here today. Yes. All right, guys, make sure you go follow Chris over on the gram or on Twitter. And thank you for tuning in. Like we always say, military life is never goodbye. It is see you soon. So until next time, I'll see you soon. So thanks for listening to Marketing for Your Boring Business. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share this episode on social media. Want more? Subscribe to automatically get the latest episode of Marketing for Your Boring Business. This podcast is presented by All-in-One Social Media.